Good afternoon, y'all. Good seeing y'all today on this uh, this Tuesday in Lent, uh, preparing our hearts uh, to enter more deeply into this Lenten season. Um, you know, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. One is this whole first part of the gospel um, about call no one on earth your teacher. You have only one teacher. Call no one on earth your father. You have only one father, right? We get hit with this as Catholics, don't we? I don't know if you've ever had those conversations with people, but they were like, sometimes people, Protestants, refuse to call me father. They'll say, Reverend Seymour, or um, sometimes just Mitch. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but they'll refuse to call you father many times. So you may have had those conversations in your own family uh, or with your own friends. We don't call priests father, because Jesus said, don't call no one on earth your father. You have only one father. A couple of things I think it's important. Um, what does a baptismal record say? I mean, not baptism, a, a birth record say for a kid. You have the mother and father. So the state is in serious sin. <laughs> right? We're calling dads, fathers, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible, right? Um, that's what your kids call you, mother and father. Um, so obviously, Jesus is not speaking of that kind of fatherhood, right? He even called Joseph, Abba, father. Right? So obviously, Jesus didn't walk around the house saying, hey, Joseph, what's up? No, Joseph was his father, right? So obviously, Jesus wasn't even breaking this rule in his own personal life. He's incapable of doing that, right? He wouldn't do that. He's God. So what's he talking about? Well, if you look at the scriptures, it's called no one on earth, Father, small f. If you have only one Father, capital F. So is he just saying, don't put your dad on the same level as God. That's dangerous. Don't do it, right? And I don't think any dad would want to be on that same level as God. Dads are reflections of God's love to their children. That's the first experience of God's love, the catechism says, is the way that the Father loves them. So looking at that, that's just your ammo in case someone ever uh, has that question for you. Catholics are not in fault by calling priests Father. Actually, if anyone would be in fault, it would be St. Paul, who says in the Scriptures, I have become your Father in Christ. Paul, always saying wrong things, <laughs> wrote most of the New Testament. Anyway, um, that's just your little ammo, your little catechesis for the day. Let's look at humility for a second. Um, is what this is really kind of getting down to at the very end. Uh, Jesus is comparing the, the, uh, the Pharisees uh, in their pride. They love those salutations, those, those labels, those titles, those greetings. Uh, and they like to see the places of honor. He's speaking of the pride in their heart. And at the end of the Gospel of the day, he says, um, I forgot what he said. He says, the greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted, right? Humility is, is the key virtue uh, that we should always pray for uh, because this is the virtue that destroys pride, which is the mother of all vice of all sin. So humility is something we have to pray for. And I think there's no greater example to show us what humility is than St. Joseph. I've been on a St. Joseph kick. Y'all probably realize that. Um, but St. Joseph is the model of, of virtue for us, right? It's fascinating. Even whenever you read the, the Gospels, whenever the shepherds come to Bethlehem, they don't even, it's almost like they don't even acknowledge Joseph's presence. It says they came to the mother and the child. Joseph was standing right there. I'm sure he was going, hey, what about me? 
<laughs> you know, I'm kind of important in this whole thing too. I'm the dad, you know. But it's almost like Joseph's invisible even at that moment. Not even an acknowledgement of Joseph right there. He was a man of poverty as well. I mean, realize you are married to the mother of God and you know that this son is the son of God and you don't even have enough money to go and offer up the correct sacrifice in the temple. So you just have to bring a pair of turtle doves. Had the Magi not brought the gold and the frankincense, I don't know how they'd have made it, but they lived on divine providence. They lived in a humility that Satan couldn't touch. They lived in this humility that relied completely upon God's divine providence. Right? And so I think it's important, I mean, I know it's important that we pray for this great virtue of humility within our own lives and to begin to practice it. How do we practice it? Because that's how virtue grows, is by actually putting it into practice. Whenever those moments come up in our lives where we want to boast about ourselves or our accomplishments or look what I did and, you know, I gave this talk and I went and did this for these people and I gave these gifts to this group. It's like those moments keep to yourself. Scripture says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, right? Those moments where there could be great moments of pride and recognition even, keep those moments to yourself, Right? That's just one simple little way to practice it. You know, sometimes people would get up um, and begin telling people all the good things that they've done in their lives. So that's a moment of humility that they can just choose to refrain and to practice that humility, right? Because it's, humility is what will move the very heart of God. He loves a humble heart, right? It moves his heart to great acts of mercy towards us. So, so a humble and a contrite heart is what God loves. Scripture says that. A humble, contrite heart, O oh God, you will not spurn. Have you ever prayed the prayer, the litany of humility? How many have prayed that prayer? Okay, a few of y'all. I want to finish the homily with praying that prayer with y'all. Um, it's a prayer that I prayed. I remember praying it one time, uh, and it, it's tough. Because <laughs> a sentence stood out to me, and I was like, oh, like it just like stabbed my heart. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't want to say that line, right? Um, but it's necessary. So I would want to lead y'all in this little prayer doesn't take but a, a minute to prepare our hearts for Jesus. Um, and notice if any, any sentences stand out to you. And if it does, talk to Jesus about that. So we'll pray. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. O oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. The response will be, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being culminated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected, the response will be, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, 
that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything, that others may be holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.